Warning, the information on this podcast is meant to be absorbed without distraction or multitasking. In other words, disengage. Thank you for listening. The Dark Liquor Experiments. Be cool about it. The garage led to the back of the lobby. Justin looked up the text with the code to make the elevator work and hit the keys. The sixth floor was black leather wallpaper, intimate bar lighting, plush carpet and furniture designed in Holstein hide and steel. At 626 knocking, Justin realized the music was even worse than he'd imagined. The dull monotonous drone of dubstep was back there, pillaging. This was the very sound system he had helped install. The same as the system in the downtown condo, the Hillcrest place, and the Miramar home. The house in PB, however, was installed by a professional. Justin banged. He texted. He called. Come on, Patrick. Patrick, son of accountant Tom Schilling. No answer. He left to see if those chairs were as comfortable as they looked. Why am I even here? Justin Wilkins, clean cut, fair skin, and fine features. With toothless smiles, he deflected weary slants from tenants. They replied with fake cordial nods that said, what are you doing here? Leaning on the door backward, Justin pounded the flat of his heel into it. The latch came undone and the door opened. Just a crack. Justin pushed it inward to see a thin girl slinking away down the hall. His ears were assaulted by robotic jargon. Justin stepped over the folded body laid on the hall floor. The guy's phone bright, lit, and scrolling. His thumb was alive, if not anything else. Big rooms on each side. Faux rustic art and the ridiculous music throwing jabs at Justin's head. Patrick's dad paid to have the place soundproofed so as not to be bothered by the upstairs children who ran everywhere they went. What do you need to be that fast? You're five, Tom had said that day, and Justin genuinely laughed. A first-rate B-movie screen couldn't escape these walls. In the semi-dark apartment, lethargic stick figures crossed in front of him. At the end of the hall was the living room. About 20 kids milled around, their heads nodding, avoiding direct eye contact with each other. No one even saw Justin. The TV played a grainy video of dark-clad figures sneaking up the stairwell, holding tote bags, laughing, and horseplay. Like the Sesame Street game, two of these people not only did not belong here, but seemed from another dimension. One was a shabbily dressed, skeletal-faced black woman in her 50s, with a brassy long wig. The other was a thin skater rat, board shorts, a sublime shirt, and a Partridge Family Afro. On the counter was something he had never seen before in this place, groceries. The Jimbo's receipt was a yard long, totaling $329. A lanky brown-haired girl caught in a slow-motion sequence wandered in. She dialed the burner on the stove and watched the red rings brighten. She raked her fingers down through her hair, pulled out a stray lock, and sniffed at the split ends. Hey, you seen Patrick? Patrick! With her thumb, she pointed to the patio. <sighs> Out there, I think. <sighs> she grumbled, holding her hair back to lean in and light the cigarette, then slid away, leaving the burner on. 
Justin walked to the terrace that was in the corner of the building just off the living room. It was a small fenced-in triangle. He could see Patrick through the screen like blinds. A roundy-faced Auburn girl had Patrick stiffy in one hand and was YouTubing down the whitewater rapids of makeup tutorials with the other. Yo, man, I'll be in the kitchen. It took Patrick five more minutes to get it together or get a nut before he game show host jogged into the kitchen. Wearing stocking tight jeans fitted with the perfect calculation of droop, a $120 threadbare t-shirt, and new Jordans that didn't come out until next year. Patrick's grizzly pelt hair, cut and styled yesterday, had the lift and hold of an anime character. What's cracking, homie? Here, man. I gotta get out of here. Whoa, hold up. What kind is it? Justin handed him two medicine bottles. Justin had nearly forgotten that every new strain of weed had to have a name. It gave the seller something to brag about and the user something to lie about. This shit right here is called Obamacare. Takes all your worries away. Makes you more articulate. Oh shit, motherfucking Obamacare. Patrick brought the bottles to his face and cracked the seal. <sighs> shit smells good too. Yo, come on man, my girl's waiting in the car. What's the rush, bro? You know, I thought, you know, you and me, like old times, we hang out a bit, hang out. That's two eighths you owe me. $150. Ah, dude, I don't have any cash on me, bro. The fuck you call me over here for then? Patrick called out to the rooms. Does anybody have any cash? Oh, oh my gosh. No, no. What? Cash? <laughs> bro, I got you. What's $100 between friends, huh? $150. What is that they're watching out there? So we snuck in the staircase, dressed ninja style, and had a food fight on the fourth floor. Then we ditched our outfits in a blind spot and came up here on the elevator in our regular clothes. Justin shook his head, tightening his jaw so as not to have a judgy fuck face. What's that old lady doing here? Shaggy and Beyonce are going uptown to pound town, if you know what I mean. Some androgynous being said it was filling up a cup with ice from the freezer. Leon. Why are you talking right now? Patrick said, settling the gender dispute in Justin's mind. Well, excuse the shit out of me. I thought he was your homie. The loser has to drive us in his dad's Range Rover all the way to Coachella. Leon Stanley, in skin-tight everything, was chubby, pigeon-toed, and walked as if a bassanova played in his head. Yo, you gonna have them fight like like bum fights? No, no, no. And they're not bums. The correct term is homeless. So it's like different. It's like a social experiment. No, it's not. It's bus stop. Oh my God, Patrick, lie much? Bus stop? Where have you been? This game is so old. They flip a coin, see who goes first. We time it and whoever skeet, skeet, skeets first is the winner. Hence, bus stop. Leon, dude, what the fuck? Applause rang out, and Justin leaned over to see the final contestant stumble in. This guy was a porky Mexican with a perpetual smile. He was Paleolithic Harry, wearing long board shorts and an oversized black tee that read, That's nice, hun. Now go make me a sandwich. Wow. <laughs> and, you, and you're going to record it all too, huh? Nobody's recording anything. It's strictly semi-professional. Get the fuck out of here, Pat. Why are you lying? It's going to be like eight different angles of that shit posted. Justin looked Patrick in the eye. What are you doing, man? Who are these people? Patrick looked away. These are my friends, man. Come on, Jay. Just be cool about it. Chill out. 
We're all going to Coachella together. It's just a little fun. And we got prizes. The winner gets $50, a debit card, some 40s, like a reward. No, no, no. Fuck that. I'm not cool with it. It's fucking dehumanizing. No part of that shit is right. Hold on. Who the fuck are you to come down here judging me? Put the parking brake on. Is your dope dealer getting all sanctimonious on us? Justin elbowed past Patrick into the living room. He shut the TV off, but the music of construction machines fucking grinded onward. Hey, what is your malfunction, bro? You three get your stuff. Let's go. Flanked by smoking bones and half-assed handjob girl, Shaggy took another sip of his red cup and mumbled something defiant. This is some bullshit, dude. Mister, no disrespect. I see what you're trying to do. But irregardless, I take that money. How about food? There's food here. There's some good food here. The woman got up, put four beers in a canvas grocery bag, and stood by Justin. Oh, fuck you. Who are you? Chicago PD SUV? Leon stood, waving a finger and bobbling his head. Shaggy staying. Right, Shags? Shags? The group started to chant. Shaggy, 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 And all laughed. <laughs> yeah, fuck, bro, Puerco said. It's none of your business, is it, eh? The kids all cheered and gave the Latin caveman high fives. Justin shook his head and stood there scowling. You are fucking up my high right now, my nig. <gasps> Winces and chuckles alike fluttered around the teen faces. What? What? It's slang. I didn't say the word. Um, listen, fuck Stefan Curry here. Leon was a bobbling head again. You can just go back to the hood with that Captain Savaho shit. Justin didn't hear any of that. He was rushing Patrick with his elbow cocked back and fist balled. He followed through with a left cross that landed square on the hinge of Patrick's jaw. The punch knocked him back against the entertainment unit. He went down crashing through the glass coffee table. Patrick laid there moaning. The room was silent, except for the repetitive vocals of the song in the background. Justin flexed his fingers, opening them slowly, but the pain in his knuckles was more like a numbness, a yearning to do a thing. The punch itself, however, was never launched. The scene simply played out in his mind. In real time, Leon was rambling, cha-cha-chaing all around the room, and Pat was pleading. Come on, bro, it's me, it's me here. Justin drifted through time, away in his head. He envisioned the scene. A courtroom, downtown. High looming walls, bailiff bookends standing guard, and the giant flagpole leaning in the corner in all of its candy-caned glory. The kids were all cleaned up, dripping with preppy innocence. Patrick sat on the stand with his jaw wired shut, mumbling. I don't know what came over him, Ronna. I thought we were friends. He saw the prosecutor in her pencil skirt and silken blouse reading off charges and legalese, and himself standing there confused, only understanding the word assault. Again, his mind jumped. It was last year, in Texas, his uncle pointing the fiery end of a cigar at him as they pulled out of the Chevron. Sometimes it's best to just walk away. White people fight with lawyers, boy. Shit, you think the law's gonna be on our side or that man with the money? The phone buzzing in his pocket brought him back to reality. Lachman was putting her two cents in. On the screen, Lachman Neelam. Bollywood beautiful and hip-hop chic. Wavy bronzed hair, a honey-dipped complexion, hazel eyes, and a beak of a Hindi nose. 
A full sentence of red-faced emojis floated across her photo. Justin grabbed hold of Patrick's pant leg and ripped the pocket open like a bag of chips. He picked up the two pill cases of Obamacare, walked over to the stereo and pressed a series of five buttons. The room was silenced. Justin closed his eyes and took a deep breath. Dude, Shaggy groaned, raising his cup in protest. The first person that says something, I'm punching them dead in their fucking mouth. Leon covered his gaping mouth with both hands and the silence stood. Justin looked toward Beyonce. She took two cigarettes off the table and put them behind her ear. She put a Red Bull in her back pocket and finally forced a barrel of cheese balls into her bag. See ya, Mickey, she said to Shaggy. Shaggy raised his cup in toast and took a big gulp. In the hallway, Justin was too angry to wait around for an elevator. He pushed open the stairwell door. There were eggs splattered all over the walls. The elevator dinged and he turned back toward it. Beyonce trailed in his wake. In the lobby, he gave the woman $23. She hid her money in her sock and gathered her things, mumbling a little song about what she was going to buy. You want a little nugget? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure do. God bless, God bless. Disguised for the cameras by a handshake, he handed her some herb. Beyonce's eyes moistened. She sat the bags down. Can I give you a hug? No worries. Justin opened his arms. They hugged for a few seconds. The woman sniffed back tears. With her chest inflated and head held high, she spun, kicked open the back door, and disappeared into the night. Looking at himself in the lobby mirror, Justin appeared child-sized, centered on the grand leather sofa. His finger river-danced on the screen before he had even formulated what he was going to do. Scrolling through his photos, going back years in less than a minute, he retrieved a screenshot. He tapped his Instagram icon and hit post. The site gave him an upload successful thumbs up. Sliding behind the wheel of the truck, he sighed heavy. What took you so long? Lashmi asked. Fucking rich kids. Their time's always more important than yours. Don't put me in a category with that prick up there. Baby girl, that's not what I meant. I told you to stop effing with him. Well, what happened? It was just not cool. But you don't want to hear about it. What do you want to eat? In the virtual world, kids were mainlining information like it was the best dope ever created by man. In the center of all that traffic, on multiple timelines, was Justin's post. It was a photo of Patrick Schilling. Pimply face, braces, crooked teeth, and glasses. He was holding up a trout. The flat waters of Diamond Valley Lake shone in the background. He wore a shirt with a beaker printed on it, and the phrase, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the particulate. Justin had photo-spliced the image and attached it to the original Craigslist posting from that year. It read as follows. Cool black kid wanted. My son is having trouble fitting in in school. He has no friends, and I'm looking for a black friend to hang out with him around the neighborhood. Do some activities with him. He doesn't know I'm doing this, so let's keep it on the DL. I really think this will help him look tough, or at least seem cool. Pays $20 an hour, plus expenses, pizza, movies, etc. Serious inquiries only. The Dark Liquor Experiments are the short stories of Brian Fleming. Sound designed by Earl Blaze. 